Good morning, I'm Reese Tebow with the Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202. It's Thursday, July 16th. James is out, but I'm here with the day's top headlines. Here are three stories that you should know about. First up, on Wednesday night, President Trump announced that he is replacing campaign manager Brad Parscale with longtime political aide Bill Stepien. The move comes as national and swing state polls show the president falling further behind presumptive Democratic nominee Joe Biden in the presidential race. My colleagues Josh Dossie and Michael Scheer have the story. The president wrote on social media that Pascal, who has been with me for a long time, will stay as a senior advisor focusing on digital and data strategies. Parscale has been marginalized in the campaign for several weeks, with Trump angry about lagging poll numbers and a botched rally in Oklahoma, where far fewer people attended than expected. Stepien was the field director for the 2016 campaign and has worked for the president since the election. He's known for a low-key style in Trump world and his knowledge of battleground states. He was formerly a top aide to Governor Chris Christie. At six foot eight with a dramatic red beard, Pascal cuts a brash figure and is given to statements such as comparing the Trump campaign to the Death Star, a superweapon in the Star Wars movies. His strength from the start of the 2016 campaign, in addition to his digital know-how, was his close relationship with Trump's older children. But Pascal's standing with the president has been growing shakier since the spring, according to people close to the president. The underwhelming rally in Tulsa, which failed to meet expectations Pascal had set for Trump, was broadly blamed on the campaign manager. A senior administration official said last week that Pascal, quote, knows he screwed up, but that he maintained the trust of the Trump family. And next up, a story from national reporter Griff Witt. They have emerged as an unlikely symbol of partisan divide and a source of bottomless derision for President Trump. But on Wednesday... Masks moved ever closer to becoming a new national reality in America's pandemic-scarred life, with businesses, states, and health experts preaching their promise as the country's last line of defense against a fast-growing viral threat. Even as the White House continued to resist pushing for a national mask mandate, evidence abounded that face coverings were becoming a de facto requirement, and not only in the big cities, where they have been in widespread use for months. Alabama's governor, who leads one of the country's most conservative states, said on Wednesday that people would be obligated to wear masks when leaving the House. The announcement, which came as Alabama recorded a new single-day novel coronavirus death record, means nearly half of all states now have a mandate. Walmart, the world's largest retailer and a staple of rural communities nationwide, issued the same requirement for shoppers in its stores. The National Retail Federation, a powerful trade group, quickly embraced the choice, raising the prospect that other major chains will soon follow. The moves came only hours after Robert Redfield, director of the CDC, declared that coronavirus outbreaks, now raging across much of the country, could be, quote, under control within one or two months if the public adopts widespread mask use. So far, that hasn't happened despite a toll that on Wednesday topped 134,000 deaths and hit nearly 3.5 million cases. Health experts say that if masks aren't more routinely used, governors will have little choice but to continue rolling back economic reopenings as cases surge. And our last story comes from my colleague Rick Nowak in Germany. 
There is perhaps no better sign that people are eager to move on from the coronavirus than the fact that one small German lake town is now embroiled in a heated debate about nude swimming, and it has drawn international attention. The local council's ban on naked swimming, and other activities such as naked yoga, has returned the town to the banalities of pre-coronavirus summers and has earned it a spot on the National Public Broadcaster's nightly newscast, where it received more airtime than the United States spiraling coronavirus outbreak that day. As elsewhere in Europe, where coronavirus outbreaks have been brought under control, the snapback in Germany to familiar routines and more trivial problems has been rapid, and for some, jarringly so. Four months ago, few Germans expected summer 2020 to look anything like normal. Chancellor Angela Merkel was warning that 70% of the population, some 50 million people, could become infected. She said the country was facing its greatest crisis since World War II. And Germany is now experiencing what may be its sharpest economic contraction since the war, and it has reported more than 9,000 coronavirus deaths. Still, it has been so far spared the worst of the pandemic and its fallout. A ban on large gatherings remains in effect. Face masks are required in shops and on public transportation, and people are supposed to maintain 1.5 meters, about 5 feet, of distance. But most other virus-related constraints have been relaxed. The streets of Berlin, the beer gardens of Bavaria, they look much as they did before the pandemic. And the same rush to reclaim normal is evident elsewhere in Europe. After the Czech government lifted most of its coronavirus measures, Prague approved what was advertised as the city's largest dinner party ever. Thousands congregated on the Charles Bridge on June 30th, sharing food and saying farewell to the coronavirus crisis. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, July 16th. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. We'll see you tomorrow.